We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is up, Roto Grinders? Good morning. We got a nice, real, true morning grind up bright and early, ready to break down the 11-game NBA DFS slate for November 17th. Happy Friday. Happy weekend, everybody. My name is TJ Zwarich. Final episode of me hosting for the week before Stevie is back next week, and we are capping the week off the same way we began. Chief Justice Will Priester, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, brother. We don't usually do this show in the morning, so uh, this is this is uh, a change of pace, if you will. And uh, hopefully, everybody can come in, hang out with us, and uh, get on board and hear our thoughts. I've been up already uh digging in diving in putting into a, a few prize picks cards so you know it's uh I, i'm ready to roll here yeah i am as well i haven't been up for quite as long as you you know it's only 8 a.m on uh saskatoon time right now but i'm still ready to rock i had a good sleep i'm refreshed we got 11 games it's a nice nice friday slate and the best part of it all is because we're doing it in the morning, lineup HQ is already set with the games and the prices and the projections. First things first, we got the New York Knicks at the Washington Wizards. Two, two, 227 and a half total in this one. The Knicks are favored by six and a half. RJ Barrett is questionable. He's had an illness. Quentin Grimes is questionable as well. On the Washington side of things, they are expected to be fully healthy for this one. Uh, first things, starting with New York getting one of the best matchups you possibly can big pace up spot who do you have interest in on the new york knicks uh probably almost everyone that's gonna play i um this the the wizards have, have kind of been like seemingly at least at least to start the season tj one of the worst spots in basketball in terms of their defense right 
and they just keep getting blown out or, or frequent blowouts. Not every slate, but it feels like almost every slate, TJ. They're just down 20 points quickly. And so, but as a result, Washington is at home tonight. Knicks are on the road. Um, you've got Randall. You've got Brunson, who even on draft case at 8,800 and, uh, and 8,300, they are maybe they're, maybe they're going to feel a little expensive, but I, I don't mind them on this slate. Um, you know, against a Wizards team that's just man, just been, in my opinion, awful in terms of uh, their gameplay week in and week out. So uh, I like that. If RJ Barrett comes back, I like RJ. Uh, Mitch, Mitch Robbins at fifty five hundred. He may in fact be my favorite tournament target here, just because. Washington's been struggling a little bit inside. Mitch Robb seems to have a stable minute share this season, and uh, he's probably a likely candidate for 30 or 35 fantasy points tonight if, if everything goes well. And 35 fantasy points from him at 5,500 is really good on this slate. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I love the Mitch Robb call. He has been very good this year. He's getting more minutes. He's gotten his foul trouble under control. Um, and so big fan of Mitch Rob at that cheap price tag. I think Brunson and Barrett's are both interesting as well. Um, and then if Barrett happens to be out, sorry, Brunson and Randall, I meant, but Barrett's fine. And then if, uh, Barrett happens to be out again quickly and Josh Hart are just fantastic. I think quickly would be one of my favorite plays on the slate because he could even get some run if this one turns into a blowout, um, on the Washington side of things, big pace down spot for them going up against a strong defensive team. They well, I think, barely I think they're the top team in defensive efficiency this season, or at least top three, last I checked. Yeah, so not a strong spot for Washington. Um, are you feeling like you need to run it back at all or just going with Knicks today? Yeah, I don't think this is a spot where I'm going to be targeting too many Washington players. Everybody's – well, I take that back. I will say this. If I was going to play anyone, it's probably Jordan Poole. I know he hasn't been great. But at 6,600, this is a guy that has, in a, in a general sense, 40 to 50 point upside in the right situation. That He's going to have to score about 30 real points to get there. Don't get me wrong. But he he, he is capable, right? I think Kyle Kuzma's priced up properly. Uh, I think Daniel Gafford, even though he's seen some games, he's 5,400. Uh, I think that's where he should be. Denny Abdi is 6,100. Tyus Jones at 57. Jones probably has a little bit more meat on the bone as well. If I had to play two, it's probably Jones and Poole um, because they're slightly underpriced. Uh, I think Jones in this role with this team probably should be 6K. And Jordan Poole, if he if he gets if he really gets going, he probably tops out the season at 72 to 7,500. So I think those two guys are slightly underpriced despite underperforming in a lot of these games. Um, I think as things normalize, we'll see their price continue to increase with better performances. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think my favorite on this team, kind of always right now, because of these cheap prices, are Kula Bali as well as Corey Kispert. But I just don't think I need them against the Knicks on an 11-game slate today. What's up, chat? Thanks to those who are joining us live, bright and early Friday morning on YouTube. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Morning Grind wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a nice little five-star rating. Uh, you thought the total was big in that first game, 227. We usually get the some of the largest total games when Washington is playing. But this next one, 238 total. The Bucks at the Hornets for Milwaukee. Giannis is listed. We have listed as questionable here, but he just rested last game, so he's probably going to be fine. Uh, Marjan Beauchamp is listed as questionable after absolutely crushing very many of us and leaving the game in after the first quarter. Uh, his last one out as Mega Chalk. And then for Charlotte, Gordon Hayward is questionable. Brandon Miller is questionable. They are still without Terry Rozier. So. Charlotte is kind of right up there with Washington is one of the very best matchups in the league. Milwaukee has always played at a fast pace and they've typically been a defensive powerhouse, but this year they're terrible defensively. So we end up having one of the very best game environments on the slate. Uh, talk to me about Milwaukee. Well, here's what I'm going to say. If, if you haven't been playing Giannis this season and he plays tonight, today might be the day. Uh, I, 
I can't stress enough how interested I am in, in playing Giannis Antetokounmpo tonight, even at 11-1, when you're going to have some other guys on the slate that are more expensive, like Joel at 11-4, and um, you're going to have a Jokic at 12-5. Listen, folks, um, I, don't, I don't make too many guarantees, and I'm not guaranteeing that Giannis has a new game here, an upside game. But um, it, it, this is this is the best fight he's had all season, pretty much. So at 11-1, I, I'm, I'm very interested in Giannis shares, despite the fact that our projections may not be – like I don't think we're going to project them for 60 today, but, but this is a day that 60-plus is in the cards. Um, th- this should be a good game. Uh, I like this. I like this whole team in, in a general sense. Uh, Dame at ninety eight hundred feels a little expensive, but if if this game is going to really push the total, like we think, I have to feel like Dame and, and Giannis are the are the guys that carry the banner. We saw Malik Beasley just absolutely just I mean put up a monster number in terms of real points uh, in the, in his last outing, and that's definitely something that could be in the cards as well. But I don't think I need to be reaching too much in this game. Like Bobby Portis is 6,500 on DraftKings. I think that's probably a little bit too expensive for a guy playing off the bench, even though him and Brooke Lopez are essentially a a split at this point. Uh, I still think that might be a little bit too rich for my blood. But Dame at 98, Giannis at 11-1, those two guys, I I have no trouble playing at all. And, man, can we we get Chris Middleton to to 28 minutes? He's not going to be there tonight, but man, at some point, can we just get into 28 to 30 minutes in the right environment? TJ, this is the right environment. I really wish they would just say, Hey, bump Chris Middleton minutes tonight. And he's absolutely in play here as well. Yeah, I agree with you. We, we just need to see some more from him. I think the bucks are especially nice on a, on a site like FanDuel where Giannis is 10, eight Dame Lillard is eight, eight in that spot. And so, I think I'd rather get to them even more over there. Um, on the Charlotte side of things, we still got to wait. Gordon Hayward's questionable. Brendan Miller is questionable. I feel like maybe Miller is a bit more questionable than Hayward. I feel like that last game for Hayward could have potentially just been a bit of a rest spot. But we're still going to have to wait and see. They're both listed as questionable. Um, LaBello Ball at 10-2 projects for over 50 fantasy points today. Um that's the tough part about Giannis is like, if we look at lineup HQ here, yeah, Giannis is the third highest uh, raw points projected score on the slate, but Nikola Jokic, who we're going to get to later is projected for over 10 fantasy points more than him today. Um, but on the Charlotte side of things, who do you got some interest in? Uh, everyone that's going to play. Um, you know, if, if we come back to a situation where Miller and Hayward are out again, then the last time we saw, uh, Nick Richards pick up some minutes. We saw Thor pick up some minutes. We saw Teo Maladon start. And while Teo Maladon did not have a great outing, you know, I would be okay going back to the well. Um, because once again, this situation with this team, you know, it's going to be a fast-paced game and a, and a low, lower defensive game. So I'd be a, I, I see Miles Bridges. I know. I know. Um, He's back. Think, I think the suspension is up. I don't know where his minutes are going to land right now. I know we've got him. Where, where do we have Miles Bridges at in terms of minutes? Around 20 minutes 20, or so? 20, 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Um, th- listen, that, if, if if Hayward and Miller are out, that's probably going to change. Um, you know, we'll see him probably playing closer to 25-ish minutes. And if that's the case, once again, I, I just explained that I, I'm into, you know, all of these guys. Um you know, Bridges would be one that I, I would say is a proven commodity, if you will. Like, we've seen him play in the NBA. We know the type of performances that, that he's able to put up. And so I would be I would be interested. I mean, he's 5,300. Um, you know, he, he served his, his 30-game suspension. And um, so, yeah, I – I don't know if he starts. I'm not, I'm just not sure because I haven't seen I haven't looked at anything in terms of what our beat writers have said. Usually with the Hornets, you know, for those of you that know, the Hornets are my favorite team. So usually I'm listening to news. Um, 
man, I, you know, pour one out, man, for uh, for our, our longstanding reporter from the Charlotte Observer. Um, he was the guy that we followed, and if if you got information from him, Rick Rick Bonnell, it was pretty much the gospel. And so he's not around. So you know, it's it's a little different situation in Charlotte now. Um, still have a great great uh, beat writing staff. And uh, they'll, I'm sure they'll share something today after shoot around about how this is going to go, especially if they know early that Miller and Hayward are out. I think we'll get some information on Bridges. So, so Bridges is going to be a wait and see for me in terms of how they're going to handle him tonight. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that makes sense. I, I mean, I almost feel like for morality reasons, I just can't play this dude. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that he's out here back after all these offenses, but uh Lamella Ball, probably my favorite overall. If Gordon Hayward plays, I think he's very interesting. Um, Mark Williams, I think, could get extra minutes having to go up against Lopez, having Giannis in there. Um, and so I like Lop- I like Mark Williams in tournaments quite a bit yeah. as well. Um, Let me, from- can I say one more thing, TJ? Yeah, About the Hornets? If, if Miller and Hayward are out, and I'm not just saying this because of the, the last performance, and, and Rozier is already out, then PJ Washington is going to pick up a lot more to score and load. So I think even though he's 7,200, that feels expensive. Like he, he listen, I, I'm telling you what I know. He's going to be taking so many shots. And so I, I did want to kind of plug that in as well. Like he, he, if the game's tight, PJ Washington, man, like, I mean, I think if you watch the game, even against Miami, which is a fairly tough defensive team generally, I, I, I got to think P.J. took 20-plus shots in that game because, I mean, it just – we didn't have enough. We just didn't have enough. So, you got to think, Rozier takes about 15 to 20 shots a game. He wasn't playing. Gordon Hayward takes 10 to 15 shots. He wasn't playing. Brandon Miller is going to take 8 to 12 shots. And P.J. typically is probably going to take between, I would say, 12 to 15. So, imagine taking out all that volume – do you know how many shots he took? To, do you have that in front of you? Like, I, I, I'm almost positive it was more than 20 shots. And I got it up here. Uh, I got it up here on the screenshot now, on the screen share now, and I got to say, you nailed it. Uh, he took 23 shots last game, and he's right, typically right between 12 and 15. Yeah, like that. Listen, bro, I, this is my team. Like, I don't, I don't flam on these guys. It, listen, if he's gonna get 20 plus shots, you just have to play him. Like seriously, like you need to play PJ Washington at this price. Yeah, I think that makes but sense. That's, that's contingent on injuries, though. If if everybody's back, you can't pay seventy two hundred for him, especially with Bridges playing even twenty minutes. It, I don't think it will be worth it per se. Yeah, he probably gets the Giannis matchup too, so he'll take as many minutes as he can handle in that scenario. Uh, one of the high from one of the highest totals on the slate to one of the very lowest with a. Uh, one uh, with a 227 with a 117 sorry total in this one boston celtics at the toronto raptors two strong defensive teams two fairly slow paced teams for boston they have jalen jason tried to combine the two names there jalen brown questionable chris stapps porzingis questionable and then on the toronto side of things gary trent maybe will be back here and then uh OG Ananobi is doubtful and we're projecting him as out right now. So starting with Boston, these guys are healthy. I don't really have any interest here. If like, if Porzingis and Brown plays, I'm pretty much out, but I mean, other than I think Porzingis and Brown, I would be fine at that price tag. Those price tags, realistically, they got ceilings, but just don't feel like I need it on this slate. But if Brown and Porzingis are out, Tatum, Holiday, White, Horford, Hauser, Maybe even Pritchard. All of these guys become viable. Yeah, that's the thing, man. And and I mean, man, the last game they kind of pulled the rug right from under us. They did give us questionable earlier in the day. Don't get me wrong. And then later on, they said, "Oh, well, you know, Porzingis and Brown won't be playing tonight." And then, of course, you know, people are scrambling and trying trying to put some other things together. Um, I I think I'm with you here in terms of especially for lineup construction, TJ, like you just don't have a need to be putting Boston players in your lineups. Like, honestly, the Boston Celtics have probably been the best team in the NBA and almost quietly too, TJ. As big as the Boston Celtics brand is, 
Like, they're just kind of blowing teams out consistently, and nobody's saying anything. Maybe it's because that's what, what they expect. The Drew Holiday effect is real. Like, imagine and, – and I know we I know we got to move here, TJ, so I'm trying to haul it tonight. But imagine paying Marcus Smart all that money for the same type of feel, and then and then he gets traded, obviously, because they could get Porzingis. And then you then you backdoor and get Drew Holiday out of a three team. Oh my gosh! Like, and, and you've seen the defensive impact, like right out of the gate. It, it's it's been amazing. I said all that to say, I, I if, if everybody's healthy, you can't. I, I just I don't see the value in playing them. One of these guys is going to go off, and I don't know which one it is. I, I don't know if two are out though, like we saw the last time. Derek White monster game. Drew Holiday, like that. That's where we we can we can take take some shots here. And Drew at seventy three, even Derek White at sixty three. That that's still fine because this guy will have thirty five to forty point upside, maybe even forty five, depending on if he scores scores at a high clip again. I think Derek White, if I'm not mistaken, scored about twenty five real points in that last game. And uh, if that's the case, I'm not saying he scores twenty five again, but uh, but I mean it's just it, it will be amazing. 27 real points and uh, 47. I'm too short. I shorted my man. Sorry, Mr. Derek. Didn't mean to short you. Those two points matter. And 41 fantasy points for Derek White. Al Horford in 28 minutes had 40 fantasy points as he randomly uh, continues his weird dominance over Joel Embiid throughout his career. Uh, What about on the Toronto side of things here? Scotty Barnes, 9,300, and uh, Pascal Siakam, 87. Dennis Schroeder, 64. All guys that if OG is in, or, sorry, OG is going to be out. And so um, I have maybe interest in getting to one of these guys, but, but because of the low total, it, it kind of feels like Boston when they're healthy. It's like, yeah, one of them will go off. I just don't yeah. really know which one, and will it be enough on a big slate with such a small total? Yeah, look, man, I've been a Scotty Barnes truther. Mm-hmm. Like, look, when I tell you I've played Scotty Barnes almost pretty much, I, I want to say 90% of the slates he's been on this season, TJ, I've had Scotty Barnes, and it's been beautiful. Even in some of the flops, it's been beautiful. What I will say is, I can't, I just, I'm not, I'm not playing him against Boston. This is an NBA team. Look, they've got NBA talent up and down this team. Boston has just shown an ability to just suck the life out of a team down the stretch. Like, you can hang around by 10 in the first half, and then you're down 15, then you're down 20, then you're down 25. It's like – and once again, the low total, too, 219. Um, I, I I don't think I want to play anyone in this game unless there are injuries. Like, if Dennis Schroeder is out again, like, then maybe you have some interest – but even still, if Dennis Schroeder's out, I'm going to need Brown and Porzingis to be out. Like, it's just, I don't think this is the game for fantasy goodness today. Understanding, once again, TJ, Jason Tatum could absolutely go off for 60 fantasy points tonight and no one would think anything about it. You know, uh, Siakam or Barnes could go off for 50 fantasy points tonight, and I don't think we'd be surprised. But the game environment, the pace of play, the, the quality of, 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 of uh, competition – yield us to think that the fantasy performances are going to be curtailed a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you there. Just not a great game environment in this one when we have the game before it's like Milwaukee and Charlotte, absolutely crazy. And then this next game, maybe better, maybe the best one on the entire slate. We got the Philadelphia 76ers at the Atlanta Hawks, 236 total in this one. The Hawks are favored by one point which leads me to believe Joel Embiid, who is questionable, is maybe quite, quite questionable here because otherwise why would the Hawks be favored in this one? Um, and then on the uh, Atlanta side of things here, um, they should be healthy. They should be good to go. Who do you have interest here in the Philadelphia 76ers if Embiid plays and then if Embiid were to happen to be out? Let me say this. I'm going to go with Embiid out for right now, but it really doesn't matter. Don't look now, folks. Tobias and Batum. Is- Batum is still out for uh, yeah, yeah. for Philadelphia, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
I guess he's not really moving the needle too much because Roko started, which is perfectly fine. Um, but don't look now, TJ. Tobias Harris is back, right? Like, I can't stress enough how much James Harden being out of the building has, like, like we. so here's the thing, TJ. We've been talking about it on the sports media. Let me say this. The sports media has been talking about it in terms of how it seems to have unlocked Tyrese Maxey. And that is true. Don't get me wrong. And it has unlocked Joel and B too in a sense. But who it's really impacted the most, in my opinion, is Tobias Harris. TJ, if you go back a couple years ago, when the Sixers paid Tobias Harris all that money, Tobias was doing these types of things, 18 to 20 points a game, five to eight rebounds a game, three to five assists. Like, this is who he was, a tw- like a quality, nice NBA player, right? And when people were out, you could count on him to take on more of the scoring, though, 25 to 30 points, eight to 10 rebounds, six or seven. And look at what happened when James Harden got there, TJ. A big dip in production. I mean, he was scoring 10 to 12 points some nights, some nights eight. It's just like he was just out there for defense. They stuffed him in a corner like they did P.J. Tucker. It was just awful. So I think, TJ, why am I bringing this up? I think Tobias Harris at 6,300 is a great play, whether Embiid is in or Embiid is out tonight. it I mean, his upside or his contributions to this team, his ability to turn fantasy books has really increased or gotten back to normal levels for him this season. So I really like Tobias Harris. If Embiid is out, he's probably going to be a staple. Like, he's a lock button for me. If Embiid sits out tonight, Tobias Harris will be in 100% of my lineup, guaranteed. Uh, Tyrese Maxey's there. De'Anthony Melton has been playing great. Like, this is a team that, that's been good. Um, you know, they haven't won every game, don't get me wrong, but I think they had won about eight straight at one point. Like, they've been playing great basketball. We know that Nick Nurse is going to give the starters their minutes. And so, as a result, I did want to highlight Tobias Harris. I think he's a great tournament play today. Uh, the projection might not quite capture how much better he's performing from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I uh, he's in a great spot. I think if Embiid is out, and like oh, with, with with Atlanta being favored, I kind of lean that side right now. Um, but if Embiid is out, I'm going to be all over Tobias as well. I don't know how much I get there if Embiid's going to be in, but I think it's worth noting that like we talked about Milwaukee, how they're much cheaper on FanDuel than they are on DraftKings. That's Philly, but in reverse. So Embiid at eleven four, he's twelve two on FanDuel. Maxi at 9-1, he's 9-7 on FanDuel. Uh, Tobias at 6-3, he's 6-9 on FanDuel. Like, everybody is more expensive over there. And so uh, I uh, I'm really like these Philly guys on DraftKings. And then if Embiid happens to be out, I'm definitely lock-buttoning Paul Reed. 4K, he is 100% going to be in every single lineup. Maybe I would change one or two and just put Mo Bamba in those one or two just in case and then have uh have uh Reed in the other 99%. But I think he becomes by far the best player on the slate in that situation. I don't think I can really get too much Roko in this situation, but uh now that he's been priced up, but if Embiid happens to be out, then I could definitely get there. How annoying was it that he played 37 minutes last game after only playing 16 as chalk the night before? Ah, devastating stuff. Yeah, Atlanta side of things. Back to the well, TJ, you can't let that stuff deter. I it's it's I know, that's it's not the bust. Is. Yeah, it's not the yeah. bust reason why I don't want to go back there. It's the price. It's that like he was three four when I played him, and now he's four five. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it would yeah. it would be only if uh, Embiid is out for me. But like yeah. these Atlanta no, no, guys, for sure, for sure. Like this is what's interesting to me is like usually I don't want to play teams against Philly very much. But a 118 and a half total, I think that's the biggest on the slate, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, Phoenix. Phoenix is the biggest on the slate. Um, and Milwaukee's no. number one. So, thir- sorry, Milwaukee's no. one, Phoenix is two. Uh, no. Atlanta's got the third biggest on the no, slate. Oh, Sacramento, buddy. Don't forget Sac- about the, that game's coming soon. We'll talk about it. Oh, and Sacramento, too. So, yeah, this is the fourth yeah, highest total on this, the slate. Milwaukee two, and Sacramento are tied. Yeah, this is a sneaky, juicy slate, like so sneaky. Yeah, it's, there's you some. Know, you got these big, these big pace up games. That's why I think you just got to X out some of these teams, like 
Toronto, Boston, and, Toronto, and I'm and telling you, Washington. Like, yeah, un- you just unless the injuries catch back up to us. Like if you take out Brown and Porzingis, then obviously, like okay, like we probably got to play some Boston guys. But yeah, I'm with you. The Atlanta thing is weird to me because they got such a high total, and I usually don't think of that happening against Philadelphia. So if Embiid is out, I think Atlanta becomes a great team to target on the slate. If he's in, I don't know how interested I am. Um, but if he is out, I think all of a sudden we can get a lot more interested in this team because that defensive prowess won't be there. Everybody on Atlanta has been priced up lately. Um but I think Trey Young would still be very interesting in this spot. Uh, Jalen Johnson still pretty interesting, and I you can you could play Capella, you could play Kongwu. It's always tough because they're just going to split the minutes right down the middle. But uh, I'm more I'm a lot more interested in this team if Embiid is out. Yeah, absolutely. And Okongwu has been a guy I've kind of liked from the beginning of the season. I was I was hoping, man, that his minutes would kind of stabilize around 25. He's still kind of been all over the place, 20, 25, 19, um, you know, but we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, but but I still think in tournaments, you, you can include a sprinkle because he's not going to get a whole lot of ownership slate to slate to slate. Um, but I do think he he's a valuable piece. Jalen Johnson's pretty much priced where he should be now. I'm not saying he can't get there. Um, but at 6,100, I think he's priced where he should. DeAndre Hunter, when this team is fully healthy, 5K is just kind of blah. I think the one guy uh, that you play are the two guys that you probably want to look at are DeJounte and Trey. And those are the obvious plays, but still, like on a big slate, sometimes these obvious plays get get uh, overlooked in the wash, TJ. And so for me, when Trey's at 9,200, you know, DeJounte at 85 in a game that should – that Vegas is telling us right now it's going to be competitive and, and high score and a lot of pace. Those are the games we want to, to, to be a part of. So uh, I like those two guys. Bogdan is now priced up, so I'm not as interested in him unless guys are out. And so once again, Trey and DeJounte are going to be leading the way for the Atlanta Hawks. Here it is, Chief. I apologize. It's now time for the Sacramento Kings. Oh, we yes. have the Kings at the Spurs. 238 total in this one. Uh, the, the the Kings are favored by seven points. Uh, they are relatively healthy in this spot. The Spurs should, I think, be mostly good to go here. That's the negative of doing this with uh, lineup HQ is the guys just aren't projected if they aren't in, and so I don't see them. But uh, first off, who do you have interest in here for the Sacramento Kings as I pull up the injury report? Man, absolutely De'Aaron Fox. Absolutely Demonis Sabonis. They've been great. I don't hate Malik Monk in this spot. Like, his price is coming back down now, TJ. Because if you remember, Malik Monk, his price was up because Fox was out, and now it's coming back down to more of a six-man type level. And, and, and when we can get him in this 5K range, it's not that he's going to do it every night, but there are going to be nights where he comes off the bench and gets us at 35, 40 fantasy points. The Spurs are absolutely a spot where he could get something like that done. So I, I love Monk tonight at 5,400. We've seen Keegan Murray really take a step forward in this offense, but he's 6,200 now. But Fox, uh, Sabonis, Monk, those are my top three plays uh, from this team tonight. Fox, Sabonis, Monk, I think that makes sense. You play your Fox and Sabonis for if this game stays close, and then if it turns into a little bit of a blow, you go with the Monk route. Barnes is getting super cheap, but I just don't really ever like playing Harrison Barnes. Herder is more of a thing for me if Fox is out, so it's mostly Fox and Sabonis for me here too. On the Spurs side of things, though, they're they're underdogs, but they've got Devin Vassell out, and they've got Trey Jones listed as question, or as doubtful. So that's going to open up a lot of minutes for Malachi Branham at 3-9. Possibly open up somebody like, he's not projecting well, but maybe Devontae Graham for tournaments today. Maybe he slips into some minutes. And then Jeremy Sohan should have uh, a very solid uh, minute projection here as well. Who do you got interest in on the San Antonio side who are undermanned tonight? Yeah, for sure. I I like Jeremy Sohan because he had been playing minutes anyway. And so to me... Um, with these guys out, especially Trey Jones, I think that impacted him the most. So uh, once again, if this game 
is somehow competitive late in this game. I think we see so so uh Jeremy Sokon somewhere between 32 35 minutes. I think that's where he'll end up. So I like him a ton. Branham obviously 3900 going to play minutes. I'm not saying he's the highest upside play TJ, but if he's going to get close to 30 minutes, which is the, if the game is competitive, he should at 3900. I think he's in play. Uh, you know, you got Victor, you got Keldon, you, you got Zach Collins. I think those guys are just okay plays. Uh, what's Dougie McBuckets going to come off the bench? Maybe he gets 20 minutes. Uh, Jetty Osman, we've seen him come off the bench and play 20 minutes in a few of these games. They've got a lot of bodies. I think Devontae Graham played about 15 minutes, no, 17, excuse me, I'm not staying correct, 17 minutes in the last game. So uh, the starters are going to get the most minutes, and then it's just trying to figure out, hey, you know, which one of these 3K guys possibly gets to 25 fantasy points tonight? And so, TJ, maybe what we do here, if you're in lineup HQ, maybe we take a group and we say Branham, uh, McDermott, Osman, you know, uh, Champagne played a little bit as well. I think uh, Devontae Graham, maybe we put all those guys in a group and we say, okay, uh, out of these group, out of this, I don't want more than two in any lineup you get, because they're 3K. Maybe even one, depending on how you want to do it. But that that's how I would handle the Spurs cheapies because all of them aren't going to get there, but I think one or two will. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's probably more likely to be the bench guys if this turns into a blowout. Maybe somebody like Branham if this one stays nice and close. Um, and it really could go either way. You never know with the Spurs. But if you're playing somebody like Fox, don't I don't hate the idea of running it back with Wemby on the other side. Um, I think he could go overlooked and have a very big game in this spot as well. So don't sleep on Wemby, but Malachi Branham at nice and cheap, I think is going to be the top play for this team. Next up, we got the Detroit Pistons at the Cleveland Cavaliers. For the Pistons, they're still without Jalen Duran. Marvin Bagley is listed as questionable. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell is questionable. Darius Garland is questionable. This is a pretty tough one to break down uh, the night before, but what do you? Who do you have interest in here on the Detroit Pistons? Okay, well we've been talking about, you know, where we may have to cut bait in some of these games. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't. I'm, Detroit's actually been fine so far. TJ, like, um, you know, Bagley had a nice game. Uh, last time I played 30 minutes, put up about 38 DraftKings fantasy points. Isaiah Stewart had already been playing. Now, he didn't play a lot the last game, but he's been okay this season. But for me, TJ, I think this is one of those games where I, where I cut bait. As Cleveland gets more healthy, I think their defense is going to going to improve. Uh, I like Cade. Cade's been playing fine this season. Don't get me wrong. He's been playing big minutes too, right? So big minutes, nice upside. Cade could absolutely put up 45. I think if I played anyone on this team, it's probably Cade at 7,900, even though he's the most obvious and most expensive. He's the one guy I'm probably most afraid of. I don't hate Bagley for the price, um, but generally speaking, I think this is one of those games where I want want to stay away. I don't really want to get too involved in this one. I I want some pieces from some of these other games, um, and, and that's kind of my stance. I agree with everything you said, but they're tempting me with that Cade Cunningham price tag dropped under 8K for, I think, yeah, the first time saying. this yeah. season. Like, it's tempting. Yeah. And then Alistair Thompson's just been so incredible lately. Like, he has just been absolutely balling. If Marvin Bagley is out, especially because of how many bigs Cleveland plays with all the time, I think you can take some shots on James Wiseman at 3,300. It's ugly but he produces with his minutes. He's not a good real-life player, but he's a pretty good fantasy point-per-minute player. And so if Marvin Bagley is out, I think James Wiseman all of a sudden will Absolutely. be one of the top values on the slate. Cleveland side of things, we a lot of people expected Detroit to be poor defensively this year. They're actually very good. They're not as strong without Jalen Duran. I think Cleveland's a cross-off team unless we start getting Donovan Mitchell out, Darius Garland out, and then a whole lot opens up for this team. Yeah, for sure. And I think this 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 game to me is, is probably most similar to Boston-Toronto in terms of, like, Kane is – that's why I say Kane at 7,900, like, he's the obvious play, but you probably need some shares. But if the injuries start to creep into play here and guys start to sit, then this game, in my opinion, becomes a fantasy goldmine because 
if there's no even if Garland or one of Garland or Mitchell sit, then that opens it up because now you're gonna have Levert and you're gonna have Struess, who, who's been good this season already, but more opportunity. Uh so that that's kind of where I am here. Like like this game, if the injuries come in, if everybody's healthy, and I'm saying with the rosters that we have right now, because obviously we know Duran isn't gonna play, um, then I'm I'm not as interested as you mentioned outside of you know, Cade at 79 is, is probably a touch too cheap. Speaking of games that we can cut, Orlando at Chicago for the Orlando Magic, we have uh, no Wendell Carter Jr., no Markel Fultz, and then for the Chicago Bulls, DeMar DeRozan is listed as questionable. We just saw but this that, game the other night. The, I think that was because of the For a personal, personal reason. Personal yeah, so – just um, unsure if yeah. he'll be back yet. Uh, not a lot of news on that one, but we'll for surely find out on a personal matter before the day, uh, before the slate starts. So it's a close, close spread, but one fifteen and a half total. We just saw this game the other night. It's slow. Like there are some guys out, and there's some price tag that looks okay, but two good defensive teams, and it's it's slow. Yeah, um, listen, I, I this was one of my um plays from the other night, Zach Levine over two and a half three pointers. And boy, listen, it was the ultimate sweat, TJ. I mean, probably one of the biggest sweats I've had this season. I think he had one three pointer made through three quarters, or make one through one through two. I think he made one in the third, and so he's at two and a half. He hit two in the fourth quarter in the last like. 45 seconds of the game. So I said, oh, fantastic. Uh, I, anyway, I'm saying that to say this game ended, I think, I don't know, 104-99, 104-102, uh, something like that. I, one of the things I, I do like about this game in general, even though it's a low total, if these guys are out, I do know where the production is coming from on the Bulls side. I know we're talking about Orlando, but just in terms of the Bulls, the production is going to come from three or four guys. So it, it, even though the total would be low if DeRozan's out, we know it's, you know, White, Levine, Vucevic for the bulk of their production, even though White didn't have a great game the, the last time out. On the Orlando side, they were somewhat playing a lot of bodies, and they kind of still are in a sense. But I do think Cole Anthony has value at 5,400 coming off the bench. Uh, he's a pretty high-usage guy on this team, um, you know, with, with and then with, uh, uh, with the starting point guard out. Uh, Markel Fultz, like, you know, Anthony Black is, is, is young. He's not going to really hog the ball too much or hog up the uses too much. Jalen Suggs has been fine, but I think his price is about right where it should be now. Franz Wagner, obviously 6,600. I do think he's okay. And then you got Paolo at 77. Paolo is, I feel like he's priced appropriately. Goga at 5,300 is okay. Like we saw some upside in this game the last time, but we haven't seen that consistently. Uh, I, I prefer him to be playing 30 minutes, but he's only playing about I think, roughly 25 to 26 minutes, I think. All in all, I do think Cole Anthony, just to make these thoughts concise, Cole Anthony, in my opinion, would probably be my top target from the Orlando Magic because he comes off the bench and just has such high usage anyway. Uh, and then behind him, probably Franz Wagner. Yeah, Wagner and Bancaro are probably the only two I'm going to be looking at here. Bancaro's price has gone down. Wagner's price has gone way down. Um, but even, like, he's been really bad But from a fantasy perspective. But Anthony Black is all the way down to 3-6. He was, like, close to 5K before, but starting. And he did not pay off those price tags. Like, if we pull up the game log here, he's... 14 fantasy points, three fantasy points, six fantasy points, 18, 17. It's not like these are strong scores here. Um, and maybe you don't try this on an 11 game slate in a tough matchup, but if Black's price stays down there on a smaller slate in the future, I think we can start taking shots on him again. For Chicago, I will X out this entire team if DeRozan plays. If he's out, I'll take some shots maybe on the White, the Levines, and the Vuceviches, but they've been priced up. They've been priced up for the situation, and so I don't really think this team is very interesting at all. Regardless, the one I'd want to play the most would be Andre Drummond. Yeah, I get it. Like, look, 
he's forty three hundred. Drummond has always had like so. So check this out, and and this this is this is the stupid reason why you have to play Andre Drummond. He scored twenty nine fantasy points in, in, 12 tw- in twelve minutes. minutes. No, no, but, but but let's go back further against Detroit. Fourteen minutes, thirty three fantasy points. Like it's as long as Andre Drummond isn't like five k, you probably need to have him sprinkled in your mass multi-entry every single slate. It's kind of like what we were doing with Kevin Love last season. He was like 3,900, and we just kept sprinkling him in because most slate teams are going to get you 15 to 18, and then that one, those one or two games a week, he was going to get you 30, as an example. And that's kind of where you are with, with Andre Drummond. So I'm with you. Yeah, I uh, and he's he, his price has gone down, so I think you could potentially take a shot. It's just about how much other value pops up. We probably don't need it on this slate, and you're not exactly playing blowout on a game that has a one point spread. We got the Denver Nuggets and we got the New Orleans Pelicans, two twenty four and a half total in this one for Denver. They are still without Jamal Murray for the New Orleans Pelicans. They are without CJ McCollum. Trey Murphy, Larry Nance, etc. But the big one, of course, being CJ McCollum. On the Denver side of things, Nikola Jokic, top raw points projection on the slate. It's not particularly close. He has just been absolutely bonkers without Jamal Murray putting up at bare minimum 65, 66, 67 fantasy points, getting up over 80 in one of them, almost 80 in another. Gets a solid matchup against New Orleans. They were playing slow at the start of the year, playing pretty good defense at the start of the year. And now they're fading back to – it's still the start of the year. But as the more games play, they're fading back to what we expected to see from New Orleans. Pretty fast, not very good at defense. Um, So starting off, who do you have interest uh, in here for the Nuggets? Is Jokic to you the biggest priority spend up on the slate? Not today. Um, Once again – I will go back to something we said earlier. I cannot stress how much upside Giannis has tonight in this matchup with the Charlotte Hornets. I, I can't, I can't overlook that in terms of uh, big superstar spins. Now, to put that in context, mano y mano, do I think Jokic is the better play right now because of the situation with no Murray? Absolutely, yes, right? We can't overlook 60-plus fantasy point games almost every slate. Um, But once again, this is more of a a matchup play for me, understanding that one, Charlotte can't stop bigs, and uh, and the totals just through the roof is going to be fast-paced, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But am I telling you that you shouldn't be playing Jokic? No, you should absolutely be playing Jokic today. I mean, TJ. How often, and I'm saying this, man, how often will we see a player project for 65 fantasy points out of the game? That's that's not something we see in NBA regularly, right? Like even for the big guys like Luke and Giannis, it's more like 55, 50-ish. Sometimes they'll get up to 58 in the right scenario. We have them with a nice, robust projection of 65 fantasy points in the morning. Um, so that, that should tell you all you need to know about Jokic. Um, and I think he would probably be about the only guy I would, I would play in this spot. Aaron Gordon's, you know, he's 6,600 fantasy has been okay. Uh, Michael Porter 68, but I think there are better 6k options that I can utilize than those two. Once again, I think they're fine, but I just think I have better options. I don't mind getting to those two again tonight just because they have been rebounding the ball like crazy without Jamal Murray in there. Um, And so Jokic is my favorite. He's my top spend on the slate. On DraftKings for sure, 1,400 difference between Giannis and Jokic. And while that's big, I basically feel like Giannis' ceiling is almost Jokic's projection, like his median projection. Like if you get 65 out of Giannis, you're like, hell yeah. And if you get 65 out of Jokic, you're like, hmm, hmm. Um, which again makes Giannis, I think, maybe even an even better tournament play because if Jokic fails and Giannis outscores him, you are absolutely cooking with gas on in tournaments. On FanDuel, where Jokic is 12 8 and Giannis is 10 8, I think oh. I would definitely prioritize Giannis there. Yeah, on DraftKings, it's Jokic for me. I get to play two centers, 
Um, it's a little bit easier for me to find that value on on FanDuel, where it's a 2K difference. I would definitely prioritize Giannis there. Um, yeah. What about the Pelican side of things? I Like, without That's CJ, obviously you got Ingram, you got Zion. They're fine. I think they're both interesting. Zion, um, I know a lot of people liked him in his last starts, and then he started out strong, but then just only played 27 minutes. Um, Brandon Ingram, it just, he's usually a good, a 40 ish fantasy points guy. Um, got up to 50 last game against Dallas, but I don't know how much ceiling there is there at 8,300. Um, I think he's fine. My favorite might be Jonas Valanciunas, no Larry Nance. And so against Nikola Jokic, like they're gonna, like, not that he's gonna play some great defense against Jokic bringing up the ball, but who else on that team could possibly remotely close to guard Nikola Jokic? I don't know. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but he's not going to play much. Cody Zeller, he's not going to play much. I, here's what I will say, man. I'm kind of not thrilled about this game. and Like, this this might be a, a almost scratch off from the outside of Jokic. I, once again, Gian, I, I, not Giannis, Zion Williamson, I know he has upside. Uh, I'm with you on JV. Like, he's probably the one guy. Brandon Ingram has upside as well. He's 8,400 now. Uh, I just – look, the Pelicans are at home, and I don't want to overlook them. I'm just not thrilled about this spot. Like, Denver's been good. And so I think this game is a scratch-off for me. It's just so many other big games that I can get to. This next game certainly is not a scratch-off. Speaking of big games, we have the Phoenix Suns at the Utah Jazz one thirty-six total in this one uh, for Phoenix. Two one one thirty-six total. Could you imagine two thirty-six <laughs> total in this one? Uh, we got Devin. Uh, we got Bradley Beal listed as uh, doubtful for the Phoenix Gosh, Suns. Man. For like, they just can't get these three guys playing together. Um, and then yeah. on the U- Utah side of things, still without Walker Kessler. Um, who do you have interested in in here for the uh, Phoenix Suns? Um, so this is a weird spot for me because Utah is one of the worst teams in terms of defensive efficiency. However, Devin Booker is over 10K. Um, Kevin Durant is 9,700, which is a lot cheaper. This is DraftKings pricing. Kevin Durant is probably the, the better play out of the two because of the slight discount. But I feel like the pricing, man, the, the two big guns are very expensive. Um, you know, Grayson Allen's been playing minutes. He's 5,300, like he's priced appropriately. I almost feel like Drew Eubanks might be the best play, but his upside has been capped. He's only playing 20 minutes, but I, I still think there's some some value there. Um, you know, with Josh Okoji, Okoji not starting like and not playing 30 minutes, his value's gone. You know, Eric Gordon, I know I know I'm rattling off players. I'm trying to make a case here. Eric Gordon's playing big minutes. Um, but with Booker and Durant playing, his his upside is slightly limited. Like we would kind of need Booker to be out for him to really increase his upside. But once again, this bad defensive matchup, I feel like Gordon, Eubanks, and, and maybe Durant are probably my guys. Now Nurkic is 6600. Man, can, can we play him more minutes, please? Like, it's just – this is one of the best matchups on the board, and I'm struggling to play these guys. And so what I think I'm going to do, TJ, I'm going to play Eric Gordon. I'm going to play some Drew Eubanks. I think I'm just going to play Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, even though they're overpriced, and because the upside could be there in this spot. Yeah, I like Durant a lot. Booker, I probably don't get there, but Durant, I like at 9,700 quite a bit. I don't hate the Drew Eubanks call and basically just assume uh, Phoenix is going to run away with this one. And then on the Utah side, you can run it back with Colin Sexton, who's been creeping up, starting to get more minutes. And then anytime it turns into a blowout, he's been like last game, he just absolutely smashes. And so um, I think Sexton with Eubanks is an interesting little uh, mini stack. I think you could play Markin or Collins alongside Kevin Durant as a little skinny stack and then uh, go with the cheap Colin Sexton alongside Eubanks if you're playing this one to be a blowout. Um, Clarkson, I think, is fine, but I don't need to get there. George, I think, is fine, hey, but I don't need to get there it. on a slate this with, big. With, 
with these guys out, don't look now. Clarks has been over 40 fantasy points. If this game is tight, like I don't know. I I I'm Clarkson. I'm Clarkson, I think, yeah. Clarkson, if you if you're playing Durant, I think Clarkson is a nice little run back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, I think Clarkson's good. Um, I, I'm with you. I think those, I think those two are good. Like, Abaji isn't that expensive. Um, he's 4K. Like, I don't hate it. Um, you know, if like if he's the last guy in my lineup, I'm not going to complain. If Keontae George is the last guy in, I'm not going to complain. Uh, but generally speaking, I think for me right now, Clarkson and Sexton are my big two. Uh, where Lori Markin is already priced up. So, you know, he's got some upside, but he's already 8,600. Yeah, I think that's, I think that makes sense in that one. Like, they have been priced up quite a bit. A lot of them are last, good, fine last pieces. But I, I, I think that was a good call on Jordan Clarkson. He actually probably would be the one here that I would have the most interest in out of this team. Two games left on an 11-game slate. We have the Los Angeles Lakers. Going up against the New York Pelicans, 224 and a half total in this, or 224 flat total in this one. Uh, for the Lakers, LeBron James is listed as questionable. And then for the Sun, for the Trailblazers, sorry, they're still without Scoot Henderson. They're still without Malcolm Brogdon. I am not going to be playing any Lakers unless LeBron James is out. And if LeBron James is out, I think you can load them up. And this would be a pretty reasonable sitting spot against the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100. Um, percent Game should be okay, but I'm with you. I'm not really, I'm not really interested in this game. If there's no LeBron, I think Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Cam Reddish, Rui Hachimura. I want to basically play all five of them. Um, heck, maybe even Christian Wood comes potentially interesting at 4600. He's had a big price decrease. Obviously, it would be more Anthony Davis being out that would, would make us want to play Wood, but the Lakers could still take it to this Portland team. Um, but it really just depends on the LeBron news. You can fire up this team in a big way. They're one of the better teams on the slates. If he's out, if he's in, you can pretty much just cross them off. On the Portland side of things, Jeremy Grant and Shaden Sharp are going to push for 40 minutes. DeAndre Ayton's price went down, even though he's playing like 36 minutes a night. Skylar Mays is performing at that price tag, even though it's a little bit of a shock. Um, I know it's a low total, but I do still have interest in not like stacking up all of these guys, but getting to one of Grant, Sharp, Ayton, Mays, because like these are good projections on these guys and play like 40 minutes a game. Yeah, I'm with you. And once again, this is one of those kind of group scenarios where you just take Mays, you take Sharp, you take Grant, you take Aiton, you put them in a group, and you say, you know, maybe one, no more than two, you know, I don't, and, and I think that's how you approach it. I, I don't hate it, um, but if, if the Lakers are at full strength, they should win this game even being on the road. And um, so, yeah, that, that that's kind of where I am. That's where I am with this game. Final game of the night. We have one of the more impressive teams to start the season going up against one of the more disappointing teams. And yet the more disappointing team is favored by five and a half at home. We got the Houston Rockets going up the lot, going up against the Los Angeles Clippers. 118 total in this one for the Rockets. They are healthy. And then the Clippers are without Mason Plumlee. Um, I mean, the, the Rockets are without Amen Thompson and, uh, but, they're healthy for DFS purposes right now. Um, not all that expensive, but a very low total. Who do you have interest in on the Houston Rockets? Yeah, I think Freddie Van Vliet is okay. Um, if, if you think Dylan Brooks can kind of get back to what he was doing earlier this season from a fantasy perspective, like he'll be fine. Like he went through a nice little stretch there earlier where you saw him – Feel, it felt like his floor had increased, right, to that 25 fantasy point range. And then we saw him, you know, the game against Charlotte, game against Sacramento, no surprise, right, 39 fantasy points, 41 fantasy points. And then he kind of came crashing back down to earth. Uh, the shot attempts came down as well. And that, that's one of the things that I noticed, TJ. Um, and for me, as simple as it and is. And then they started winning. <laughs> right, right. As simple as this is, though, TJ, shot attempts to me are a huge indicator to where fantasy performances could be headed. 
even if a guy's missing shots, right? Like, and I, 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 I mention this because we see it every season. A guy like Trey Young, TJ, starts the season shooting in the 20% range. Like, he's shooting, you know, four for 15 and, you know, three for 18. Like, those types of shooting performances. And so the fantasy points are, like, mid to high 30s. And so then his price starts to come down and people just skip over him like, oh, he hasn't been performing well. But if you look at the shot attempts, you realize, oh, he's just super inefficient right now. When the efficiency kicks in, right, the fantasy performances are going to start to increase. We've seen that with uh, with Trey Young this season. Dylan Brooks is on the opposite end of the spectrum here. Earlier this season, he was taking more shots, and now he's t- starting to take less shots. I just I, I want to do it because I feel like at 5,100 in a competitive game, we should, but I can't. The story is telling us that he's not going to be relied upon heavily for scoring here in this office. But Fran Van Vliet, love him. Jalen Green, don't mind him. Obviously, we can play Alfred Sengun anytime. He's a triple-double waiting to happen. And so if you decide to go there tonight, he would be the ultimate fantasy play, uh, TJ, because nobody's going to play Alfred Sengun tonight in the one of the last games on the slate. They're just not going to do that. This could be a big-time fantasy performance for him. You are muted, my good sir. The cat was going, and I tried to shut him down. Switched <laughs> to lineup HQ. Forgot I was muted. Um, Shangun and Van Vliet are definitely my two favorites here. I like both of them quite a bit, but don't forget about Tari Eason, who is slowly, slowly – you know, he's back. He's he's going to start getting some more minutes eventually. We're projecting him for 20 minutes today. Uh, he could absolutely get 25, 26 fantasy points with 20 minutes. And if he creeps up to 22, 23, that's when all of a sudden he could have a really big smash game. So don't sleep on Tari Eason as well. On the Clippers side of things, no Kawhi for me until their prices drop. No George for me until their prices drop. Harden's price has dropped. I still don't really think I want it. I think there is upside there at 7,600. I don't really think I want it. To tell you the truth, the one player on this team I want I want to play, and he's not projecting well, it's Avita Zubats. He, I, I was on him last game. Uh, he got up to 26 minutes against Denver. I think he could get even more minutes today against Shangun. Without Plumlee, they don't really have a backup for him anymore. His backup is P.J. Tucker. Um, and so I don't really think they expect they plan to put throw PJ Tucker out there going up against uh Shangun. And so I actually like Ibiza Zubots in this spot. I think he's got a lot of upside. Yeah, I mean at 5,500, I like it. Um, I, I mean, look, if he gets 29 minutes, we've seen him get to 29, 30 minutes in some of these games. I, I think that's a really good call. Um, the one guy I feel like that's been the most consistent on the Clippers has been Paul George at 8,600. Um, Kawhi just – I feel like Kawhi may be pacing himself, and I think he should, right? Like, they need him – they're going to need him later in this season. Now, and when I say pacing himself, he's playing the minutes. But, like, look, the shot attempts are kind of stabilizing in the teens, um, whereas Paul George, if you look at what he's doing, I mean – Sometimes he's taking 20 shots a game. Like he is he is the main guy on this team right now. I think you can play him every night at 8,600 because of the upside that he has, TJ. So um I'm Westbrook, I'm out, Harden, I'm out, Paul George, I'm in. Kawhi, Kawhi's getting close now for me to start pulling the trigger at 8K. I'm getting real close to saying, hey, might be might be time to start taking some shots. TJ, once he hits under 8K. He might be an every night investment for me. And I'm with you on Zubat, 5,500. Uh, absolutely a play. James Harden, I, I'm, I'm pretty much convinced that the, this Clippers team will continue to suck until they put uh, Russell Westbrook on the bench. Like, you just can't have Westbrook and Harden on the court at the same time for extended minutes. They both need the ball in their hands, they both need to create plays. Running James Harden out as a shooting guard is only going to hurt your team because he doesn't want to catch and shoot. He wants to run a pick and roll. And so uh, I think you need to play him as a point guard as opposed to a shooting guard if you're going to want to have any success there. Um, But that'll do it for the 11-game slate. Let's play the morning grind game and get out of here. First things first, start me off with a value play, somebody under 5K that you think can 7X on this slate. 
Let's see. I think we will have some options. I'm going to go to a, a late game that we've already talked about. Give me Colin Sexton at 4,100. I like that one quite a bit. I'll keep it nice and easy with the guards. Uh, and even though he's projected for incredibly high ownership early in the day, let's just go with Malachi Branham because he probably is the strongest value play. What about a bust up over 8K? Who is not going to 5X? Oh, man, I think I think we have some options here. I think if I had to go with absolutely one option, give me, give me Brandon Ingram at 8,400. I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma, just a little bit cheaper going up against that Knicks team. What about your 6X play? Who do you think is going to 6X on this slate? Give me Giannis, man. I, I, I'm a big, big – I, I honestly think Giannis is going past 6X, but I, I'm a I'm a big believer in Giannis in this one against the Hornets. What is 12.5 times 6? <laughs> 75. Nikola Jokic. <laughs> Is my 6X play today. Hey, He's going to have more than 75 time. fantasy points. All right. Uh, I like it. I think he's going to do it. Just a fun little rivalry for us on this slate with the Jokic versus Giannis. Um, finally, your uh, GPP Let's Get Weird play of the day. Uh, I think this is one we talked about where it was kind of a, a weird spot-ish, but uh, one where we feel like the, the guy's too cheap. Give me Kate Cunningham, 7,900. I like that one, and I'm going to go with somebody we talked about in the very last game because he never picks up any ownership, and I think he's got high upside, and you'll be able to probably get him at a legitimate 1% to owned on this slate. It is Avica Zubats, my guy. And so that'll do it for the this edition of the Morning Grind. It's been 11 games. It's been Friday, November 17th. I will be back on uh, later today on Crunch Time with Roth and Taylor. We got Dean and Bobby on Grinders Live later today, um, and so much at a, like so much content coming on a, for a Friday. We got uh, Luch has an NFL short coming. Beer's got an NBA six pack coming. Will I believe you got a stat some stat hero uh, uh, content coming and. Pints and picks and tourney takes for the NFL slate. So lots and lots and lots of content coming. Stevie will be back hosting the morning grind next week. Um, Chief, do you have anything for the people before we get out of here? Now, I'm good to go, TJ. Uh, it's, been, it's been a pleasure, my friend. And uh, let's make a little money tonight. Let's do it. Thank you so much to everyone who joined us. If you're watching us live, hit the like button on the way out and make sure you're subscribed to the morning grind wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it. Thanks so much for tuning in everyone. Peace.